everybody, and welcome back to Pod on You Loons. We got a big one today, Sam. Episode 20. Episode number 20. Thank you to everyone that's been along for the ride. It's pretty cool to be here at episode 20. Justin, what do you think is most surprising about reaching episode 20? Uh, maybe that we got to 20. I don't know. Like, I, I guess, I mean, this has been fun, but, you know, 20 Come episodes. On. Come on, that one was a slow pitch right down the <laughs> It's that we're still talking to each other. <laughs> well, that kind of goes with my question, like with my answer, right? You know, that's that's a lot of episodes. And, you know, I, I, I have to admit, like, I'm not saying that we're like breaking any records or anything at this point, but but like when we first started this, I was I was kind of hesitant. I still, you know, I still struggle listening to myself on these episodes a little bit, but but it's it's good to hear that people are listening. You know that's why we keep doing this is is because people are interested in what we have to say for some reason. Uh, so that that's been a, I guess a big surprise to me. It's it's been a lot more people have been a lot more receptive than I initially anticipated. A big thank you to everyone who's supported us for the first twenty episodes, and a big thank you to everyone that's yet to discover us. I do want to give a special shout out. We had some people that either gave us a nice shout out on social media or sent us some very positive comments and just wanted to, you know, give them a quick shout out, assuming they're listening. Grant, Brian, Austin, and then Jeremy from 10,000 Pitches. Check out his podcast and follow him at at 10K Pitches on Twitter. It's been pretty good. Justin, what, just a question for you. What feels better, reaching 20 episodes or that time you won prom king. <laughs> uh, I think I think if we get to like a hundred episodes, Sam, maybe that'll top it. But be, being prom king, being prom king was a pretty fun experience. So I'm sorry, Sam, you're not quite there yet. But but no, this is a good time. I can't believe I waited 20 episodes to bring that up. <laughs> if you go back, there was. There was a time where I was really mad at myself for not just dropping that in there. <laughs> it is it is one of my like my fun facts about me. Yeah. You know? It's and I don't know, like I mean it was really fun. It was really fun. It was it was it was yeah. It's it's weird being the center of attention, but it was kind of cool for a change. That's that's not usually my favorite thing, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, you think of prom king and you think of like uh you, you know, the guy the guy in those John Hughes movies that like shoves the kid into the into the locker, right? Like, right. That, that wasn't you. You just. <laughs> I didn't go to high school with you, but my wife says you just were elected prom king because you were a nice guy and people liked you. But Sam, Sam, here's that. That's the part that's the funniest, right? So, like, when it happened, there was a bunch of people that came up to me and they were like, "I'm so glad that you won it and not like some jock." You know, that would have sucked if a jock won it. And I, I'm like, I. I, uh, I'm captain of the football team, uh, <laughs> captain of the track team. So, I mean, I get, I get what they mean, right? Like the stereotypical right. jock, but I was, I was a jock. So you were a jock, but you were a jock that was really into good Charlotte and newfound glory, man, the most, the most into I, those bands. <laughs> I'm firing everything at you today. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, 20 episodes cannot thank you all enough for listening. We've already hit 22 states plus six additional countries. That's awesome. And then while we're just thanking everyone, I want to also thank, not that I'm expecting any of them are actually listening to this, 
But I want to thank the players, coaches, and staff of Minnesota United who just gave up so much of their summer to live in a bubble just for our entertainment. That was pretty sweet. So, Yeah, that's super cool. That's super cool that they sacrificed their time for us. Mm -hmm. And sure, I I know that they get to live in a resort and they got to play (laughs) the game that they love and they got paid. Like, I get all that. But they didn't have to do that. And it was for our benefit. Oh, completely. Yeah. You know, they could have easily said, we can't play this year or let's push this further back. But to come together and decide on this tournament, which I mean, obviously, we feel probably a different way since it was our team, you know, that got so close. Uh, but I think, it, you know, for the for at least for our fanship experience, I think this is a really cool thing in a successful tournament. Absolutely. So something else that I thought was fun uh, that kind of, you know, showed you know, how good of an experience this was for our team. It was good to hear from Ethan Finley in a Pioneer Press article. He uh, he talked about, you know, the closeness that this team achieved. He had an IG post where he said that they they came as, the, like kind of like the corny, we came as a team, left as a family. It's kind of cool to hear that. In in the Pioneer Press, he mentioned that this experience led him, kind of weird, but but kind of funny at the same time, to, to be able to know, he said, I know what underwear half these guys wear <laughs> after that experience. But I think that that kind of speaks to this is kind of a, a callback. You know, I could see as someone that, you know, I talked about playing sports, the locker room of, and I'm sure you can agree with this, the locker room of high school sports. And it's just a, a different experience. It's a great experience. It sounds like, you know, from everything I've seen with pros, you, you kind of lose that the, the further you get away from it. So it's fun to see these guys kind of have that, you know, club soccer tournament vibe where they're just hanging out with their teammates the whole summer and just playing soccer, kind of going back to their roots a little bit. You know, that's a super fun kind of side story that we can get from this. And it was fun to hear, you know, Finley talk about that. For sure. Like we've done 20 episodes and I don't know what kind of underwear you wear. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> we can move on. No more underwear talk. It's a family show. Family show. So just a little bit of news before we keep going. Forward Madison lost 1-0 to at Richmond on Saturday in the second annual Henny Derby. They call it the Henny Derby because the winner gets a gold bottle of Hennessy. Ooh. So that's cool. <laughs> Not that they lost, but cool that they, I don't know. Interesting yeah. idea. That's a cool, that's a cool trophy. Yeah, I don't have much more there. It was fan developed. (laughs) It was fan developed. So it's cool that fans uh, invented something and the clubs took it and ran with it. Kind of like what's our, what's, what's our derby with uh, the kid's birthday? What is that one called? Do you remember? Dylan Wampers. (laughs) Yeah, that, that is a fun one. That is fun. Organic stuff. A little bit of news about our academy and reserve team. It was reported by E. Pluribus Lunum that the Minnesota United Academy will be much more of a part-time academy where the majority of the playing time for the players will come through their home clubs. I encourage you to check out E. Pluribus Lunum for more details on that. There are also reports that Minnesota United will finally have a reserve team of their own. However, it will not necessarily be part of the USL. So I'm anxious to hear more details about that as they come up. Yeah, we're losing hope on a permanent agreement with 
with the Mingos, but that was kind of already out the window already, right? Like, have they they have a thing set up with Chicago now? Yeah, they moved on to the Illinesians, and <laughs> so they're with the Illinesians now. And yeah, that broke my heart a little bit, but I'm over it. I'm over it. I guess they just really wanted Wyatt Omsberg, so. <laughs> And they wanted him to keep playing, keep playing in Milwaukee, right? Or not, sorry, Madison. It's Milwaukee now, yeah. but Madison in the future. <laughs> well, more exciting news. Bakai Dabasi, a center back who has also experienced playing left back. He was just signed to come to Minnesota United. He's coming in from the French Ligue 1. He's a veteran player who will be turning 31 this month. Adrian Heath was quoted saying, I liken him to a Ramon Metinair, very strong, loves to run, loads of experience, and a great character fit for the club. We are delighted to bring him in. Of course, he does not officially join until the transfer open until the transfer window officially opens on August twelfth. And then just a side note, I heard that he has to isolate for two weeks. Are we really making people come in from Europe and isolate here? Maybe that's like, you know, Trump's like, no, like, no, anybody that comes here has to isolate too. If they're going to make it, if they're going to do it to us, I brought this up last episode. I'm going to bring it up again. One of the ways that I can kind of, you know, gather my head around it, how good these guys are, because unlike other sports that I follow, I don't know a lot of these, these other leagues, right? There's so many leagues playing too big. It's just too big. So so my frame of reference is the reason I fell in love with the sport. It's FIFA, right? And I brought it up last episode, last time we talked about this, but I'm bringing it up again. You know, Bakaida Basi is a 73 in FIFA, and that's a pretty good that's a pretty good rating for a MLS player. So, you know, anytime you can add a 73, you know, to your your MLS team, you're in a good position. There it is. We got to start them right away, day one. <laughs> Throw them in there. And as he's done with his two week quarantine, <laughs> he's in. And, and the, you know, obviously like Adrian, he's going to talk up the guy that he's bringing in, but to hear the comparison to Roman Metinier is huge. If we could clone him and have one on either side, I think that we'd be pretty happy. So <laughs> to have a, a guy that's similar, it would be nice. Well, let's talk about someone that is actually a 74 on FIFA. Yeah. Ooh, with, with 80 potential, Sam. With 80, 80 potential. potential. I don't, I don't need. Wow. That's, that's intense. <laughs> So Emmanuel Reynoso, Emmanuel Reynoso, who, again, we've, we've been talking about this guy pretty much since the show started. Right. But more Spanish language Twitter would suggest that Minnesota United and Boca Juniors are going to make things official within a week. I think I originally wrote that note about a week ago. So maybe it's any day. We will see. Uh, but some American sources, again, seem to suggest this transfer should be coming soon. We've even heard the possibility that where previously we were looking at buying about 70% of Reynoso's rights, because Boca only owns 70% of Reynoso's rights, it is rumored that the agreement was able to work things out so we got all 100% of his rights. All right. Again, still rumored through Spanish language Twitter, but that could be exciting. That could be, I mean, he's, he's got 80 potential on FIFA. So I mean, that's pretty good, man. Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah. Eight. <laughs> there, there are Chelsea players 
starting who are in AD on FIFA. I think I look I look forward to us in what who is the Alm is it Almiron? Was that the guy that Newcastle yeah. purchased? From it, I, yeah. I, I look forward to my Leeds United purchasing Emmanuel Reynoso in a couple <laughs> years to help them get into the Europa. There you go. <laughs> but Leeds United won't buy him for several years. So for now, what do these two transfers, or I should say one transfer and one hopeful transfer, what does this mean for the starting eleven? I think I, I actually, Justin, if you don't mind, I think I have some thoughts on this that I'd like to share. Is that cool? Yeah, cool. So we just got done with this tournament. We played six games. It was six games in a short amount of time, but we played six games. And during that time, we had Ozzy, Molino, Amaria, and Metinair all at one point or another unfit to play. We also had Para not coming. We had Thomas Chacon disappear randomly in the middle of it. And no one's seen Noah Billingsley in like two weeks. Or no one's seen <laughs> no one's seen Noah Billingsley in like two months. So I forgot what he looks like, Sam. We don't talk about those injuries too much because of course Hassani Dotson, who was not our week one starter, but he has started in every tournament game except for our match against RSL, in which he was subbed on. So we have with Bakai Debasi coming in, and he is, it, it looks like he's threatening either Boxall or Gasper for the starting position. I just want to throw out there, maybe he's just fighting them for that spot on day one hmm. or when everyone's healthy. Because how often is that going to happen going forward? You look at our roster, we have a lot of 30 year olds on this team. Right. Some old legs. Now, the comments that Adrian Heath makes comparing Debassi to Metinair leads me to believe that everyone's healthy, first choice starting 11, that this most likely impacts Chase Gasper, and that Debassi will be starting on the left. But I actually more kind of see him impacting Jose Aja and Brent Coleman. Because oh, I want to remind you guys, Brent Coleman played 16 of the 34 MLS regular season matches last year in 2019. 16. So by adding, adding a starting caliber player, I don't think that this necessarily means that Chase Gasper just goes away. I don't think that this necessarily means that Michael Boxall is now a backup. There's still going to be that rotation in there. And I think it just means that Aha and Coleman are pushed a little bit further down. I, I think the thing that we're not talking about here that we should should maybe address though is like, do we know that Ico Para is coming back when we come back at all? You know, we haven't really been updated with with Ico Para's situation, and I'm sure that he'd you know he'd love to play, but we don't know if if that was just an opt out of the tournament or if it was an opt out of the whole season. You know, that's a possibility. You know, he might he might not want to to play this abbreviated quick season that we're going to be talking about here soon, right? Like the potential for a bunch of games in a short amount of time. So I, I mean, I think we should prepare as though we might not have MLS defender of the year, Ikopara. And maybe that's, that's who he's replacing, right? That, you know, obviously like, you know, Bakai can play left back, you know, the Metinair like, you know, comparison and stuff, but I agree with you. I think he's going to play center back. And I think it might be, it might be alongside Michael Boxel as Opara's replacement for the rest of the year. Hot take. Hot take. 
I, I don't want to call this a hot take because it might actually be a really stupid thing. But this is just speculation on my part, okay? Okay. So what side of the field, if you're a Minnesota United fan, between the right side and the left side, which side is more exciting? For us? For us, yeah. The right side. Yeah, absolutely. You ask 10 Minnesota United fans which side of the field they like more, they're going to say the side with Ramon and the side with Finlay. But was the right, and we haven't, we haven't gotten to our review of the match against Orlando, but the right side wasn't really bringing us that much against Orlando, right? Like Finlay was still in, Ramon was gone. The right side didn't bring us that same excitement that it normally did. Perhaps, just perhaps, that is because Ethan Finlay did not have the confidence to focus more on the attack, and rather he was tracking back. And again, we, we don't have the coach's film, right? We don't get to see the full 11 on the field. right? But I have heard some comments by journalists saying that Ethan Finlay was tracking back a little bit more than he normally would, trying to account for things that Ramon Metinair would have normally been accountable for. Well, you talked earlier about cloning the guy. The idea of cloning Ramon Metinair gets a lot of us excited. Maybe we think that Bakai Debasi is Ramon's clone, and this would free up Robin Lud in the same way that Ethan Finlay has been freed up on the on the right. Now I know that they are different players, right? Robin Lud is right. not as explosive and balls to the wall as Ethan Finlay is. Right. But is there something to that? Because Chase Gasper does go up further, right? Chase Gasper does go up further, and Robin Lud might not feel as comfortable. And again, we don't have coaches film. So right. I don't know. Again, I might be saying the stupidest thing I've said in 20 episodes. <laughs> it just get, has me thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could think about that. It's, 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 you're putting a lot of pressure on your center backs though. If, if you're constantly using both your backs to bring everything forward, right? Like, so, you know, and, and, and maybe, maybe the idea is that, you know, since Roman is just so good at, at getting back, I don't know if he's got that quality in him like Roman. You know, he does move forward a lot, but does he is he as good at recovering? Is that something that even though we love what we're seeing from Chase, we love you know his ability to attack, but does he leave something on the field a little bit defensively? And maybe you know if if Pakai is like Roman, that means that he has the motor to be able to go up and down you know, the whole game like Roman does, you know, I, I could, I mean, I could see that, you know, I think they keep talking about his versatility though. And I think that that's, what's kind of setting us up for him playing in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think we're going to see him in the middle because I don't think Eichel Parra is going to play every game. And I think if Eichel Parra is not in 100%, we're going to see Bakai Debasi and we're going to see Michael Boxall. Mm-hmm. It's just when, Michael Parra is healthy. Who leaves the field? Is it right. Chase Gasper or is it Michael Boxall? You, uh, I, I mean, I don't know, man. Michael Boxall might be, that might've been like the biggest, not surprise for me in the tournament, but I was very happy with how he played. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked fantastic. And I think it's hard to get that guy off the, you know, off the pitch. He, he did a great job kind of taking over Michael Parra's role a little bit. Yeah. Again, just throwing this out there, and I, I know I'm not the first person to throw this out there, but what if we had wingbacks? What if we had the, the three central defenders, Ike, Boxall in the middle, 
and Debassy to the left. And then we had mm-hmm. Jasper and Metinair as the wingbacks. That could who work. Do you take, who do you take off then? You would have to take off one of the midfielders. I don't know. I don't know which one, but between between Ozzy and Jan, who you, you would never take off one of those when they're healthy, or Molino, or switch Molino to one of the wings, you would have to take off one of those. Yeah, I'm, we'll see. We we don't know. I mean, I, I think that we kind of know what Heath wants, but that could change, right? They 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 switched it up and gave us two strikers <laughs> in the game a little bit, right? So yeah. maybe maybe he wants to change the look a little bit uh, or maybe have some just versatility to give the opponent different looks, right? That doesn't have to be a set in stone formation change, but maybe a, a, like a bringing in a guy like Debassi allows for versatility of the lineup. Yeah, and we've talked about that many times. Like, why are we able to guess Adrian Heath's lineup almost all the time? Well, it's because there has always been a very clear starting 11. There's always been 11 guys that are just better players than the backups. Someone goes down, you automatically know 12th best player on the team is Hassani Dotson. He's immediately your replacement almost anywhere on the field. If that person goes down, short of like, you know, striker. Right. I guess we don't really see him on the left ever. But having these starting caliber players, having a little bit of lineup controversy, this is going to be a good thing. And I don't think any of our core players, I don't think any of them are going away. I don't think any of them are being buried in the depth chart. I think we're still going to see them a lot. You know, you know same, same if we were to have this conversation about Emmanuel Reynoso. <laughs> like, right. I, I don't think he's going to come in and then all of a sudden either Molino or Lud or Finley, I, I don't think one of those three is just going to be, you know, bench for the rest of the season. I, right. I really think there will be a rotation, especially we've talked about, you know, Molino. This is the second time he's had hands, a hamstring issue in this year. Last year, he had multiple occasions as well where he was missing games because of his hamstring. And don't forget he is a Trinidad and Tobago international where last year he also missed significant time because of the gold cup. Well, eventually we're going to have world cup qualifiers if we're ever allowed to play international football. again. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I, I think, are we moving, are we moving on? Is this us officially moving on to Emmanuel Reynoso? Are we still, Yeah, let's, let's move on to Emmanuel. What's his, you know, rating? I, oh, right. We already <laughs> talked about that. I, I think, you know, you're kind of giving like, as we're talking about this, I'm, you know, thinking about things more and you're right. I mean, may, like I love Molino and I think that Molino, you know, and we'll talk about this when we talk about the recap, I think having him on the pitch against Orlando made us a much better team at the end of the game, but with his injury concerns, maybe he's just not a 90 minute guy, you know, maybe he's just, he's, he can, maybe his, his role at this point in his career with, with his injury concerns is that you can't rely on him necessarily to be an everyday player, but you can have him be someone to interject some some life into your team, you know, in the last 30 minutes, in the last 20 minutes or whatever, right? Because that's, you know, where we see him thrive, you know, is he's so creative in those moments. So maybe maybe that's Adrian Heath's game plan eventually, right, is to have Molino be, you know, just a nice sub that he can always count on to create at the end of the game. Yeah, which is, you know, we can't forget, like we had a flashy designated player in the in the central attacking midfield last year right <laughs> we had that right and 
all these players I'm listing off, Lud, like Lud plus Schuler would have pay, played like 26 matches. Finlay, I wouldn't have considered Finlay like a every game starter last year. He played in 34, right? And that relationship right. with Ramon Metinair was already developing last year. All these guys are still going to be playing. All these guys you're still going to see almost every game. These depth guys that we've been seeing a lot of in the tournament, I don't know if we'll be seeing them as much. But as we've said, a lot of third-year-olds on this team. Who knows this core? How many more years do we have of this core? Yeah, good point. You know, obviously that's part of the reason why you bring in Reynoso, who's, you know, 24 years old. Amaria, who's 24 years old. You know, you've got these these DPs, these foreign players that you hope to be a part of the core moving forward. But you're right, a lot of the a lot of the pieces that we're relying on, you know, and obviously, we, I mean, we don't know what we have in Reynoso. We have a little bit of with with our Amari at this point, but like the people that we know that we can count in day in and day out are getting up there in age. We've talked about that all season, right? Like there's 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 not going to be you know these guys don't have four more years, right? They don't. We don't even know if they have two. So you know, I, I think that's that's kind of the nice thing. You know, we're not going to see. I don't think we're going to see Hassani. You know, hopefully, you know, hopefully we're healthy enough to where Hassani doesn't need to be a starter that Raheem Edwards can be the guy that comes on late in the game. Sorry to Corey Hayes, but I think we have guys that are that that are waiting in the wings for the future. And we also just need to think about that, right? Like these older players need rest. We have a lot of guys that are getting playing time that we can trust, you know, to, to give these guys rest. Yeah, I, I'm pretty confident in our depth. I, I think this tournament uh, really showed us the importance of having depth. And I think it showed us that if we had any doubts before that our depth really is the best it's ever been. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, think about who we were most concerned about going in was, was aha, who was right. thrust into this starting role. And, you know, he obviously had his moments here or there, the, you know, the unnecessary penalty, but other than that, that he's been a surprise, you know, in a positive way out there. So yeah, I think I think you're right. I think we have a lot of depth. You know, there's going to be some quality guys that aren't going to play moving forward, you know, but that's a sign of a good team. Yeah, and it's a good problem to have. You're right. Well, so it's, uh, what is it, Monday night? The game was on Friday night. So we, <laughs> you know, we didn't win, right? So we weren't totally in a hurry to record this episode like we would have been had we won. But let's talk a little bit about Orlando and let's talk about how things went. Uh, you know, at this point, you've you've all had several days to get over it. So, oh, man, I mean, Nanny was the best player on the pitch. And because of that, Orlando was the better team. I There isn't too much more to say. I don't think we played bad. And as a fan, I was entertained until the 96th minute. Right. But, but Nanny just proved he's the kind of player that can just go out and win an MLS game for his team. The touch on the first goal and just that that bender he kicked for that second. That was just uh, like I felt I, I you know I when I first started watching soccer was when he was playing for Man U and my roommate was a big Man U guy, so I watched a lot of Nanny back then. Uh, it looked like it looked like the best you know the best days for him out there and. Uh, I, I think that it's a different game if Roman Matinair is healthy. I think, you know, with all the praise we give Hassani Dotson, 
and I and I think he should receive praise for this game too. I think we saw, you know, we saw a world class player. I know he's 33. I know, you know, he's he's been around for some time and maybe he is at the end of his end of the road a little bit, but I think that we saw, you know, maybe the speed's not there, but the 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 foot is definitely there. The accuracy is still there. He can still make plays. I think we saw, you know, one of those good imports, right? We've talked in the past about how sometimes bringing over the aging player from Europe doesn't work out. I think that you're, we, we got a chance to see firsthand, you know, kind of similar to Zlatan for LA Galaxy, you know, see the, see the retirement home player have success. Well, and yeah, and I mean, Zlatan, like, we, I saw him at Allianz, or once at Allianz and one, once at TCF. And both times I thought he was, you know, just kind of there, just kind of lazy not really doing much. <laughs> um, you, you know, when Zlatan was feeling like Zlatan, like, <laughs> how's the phrase go? Are you not entertained or whatever? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was pretty great. You, you know, <laughs> not, not being an LAFC fan, but when he wanted to turn it on, it was pretty great. With that said, I mean, Nanny, probably the MVP of the entire tournament. Oh, for sure, for sure. We'll see how the final goes, but if yeah. he gets a goal in there, for sure. Now, do you remember, so you watched a lot of Manchester United back in Nanny's day. I watched a lot of Chelsea back at that time. <laughs> I remember always hating the guy. Did I dislike him because he was just really good? Or was he kind of like notorious, like a Luis Suarez or something like that? or? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously I was when I was watching him, it was from the perspective, you know, of, of supporting him, I guess, right? Because usually I was cheering on Manchester United when I watched. But I, I do remember him kind of having a bad reputation at times, you know, for being over dramatic and uh, yeah, getting, getting dust ups and stuff, you know. So that that's probably it. Okay. I, I just couldn't remember like why did I have this negative connotation towards Nanny when he <laughs> was announced coming to Orlando City? Like, I was just like, oh, great. That and, guy, and your, your, your blood must have been boiling when he, he wouldn't let us take a free kick at the end of the game there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it was, maybe it was the overreacting, the gamesmanship kind of thing. That must have been, I must have some just, faint memories of uh of him selling something i I don't know (laughs) all right well lineup the exact same as it was against san jose and the goal we had tyler miller our defense was gasper boxall aha and dotson our midfield was alonzo in the back and then hayes and gregish up front we had lud amaria and finlay for our subs Though we had a triple substitution in the 57th, Molino coming on for Lud, Schoenfeld coming on for Amaria, and Toy coming on for Hayes. Now we actually see two strikers, and Toy would eventually score our only goal. And then finally, uh, a little bit earlier than normal, Raheem Edwards comes on for Finlay. So Raheem Edwards yeah. comes on not for Robin Lud, but for Ethan Finlay in the 70th instead of the 80th. Well, load was already off, right? So (laughs) (laughs) a lot of criticism I'm noticing about Molino not coming in at halftime. The 57th is still pretty early. I 
I will admit I was kind of assuming we were going to come out with a change, even if it was just Molino coming on for Hayes. I assumed we would see that change at, at the half. I am not totally offended that we took until the 57th, but there was a lot of criticism that way. One thing I want to point out, though, that may point to our just kind of reversal of fortune is that, you know, Taylor Twellman once proclaimed us as a team of set pieces. It was set pieces. It was just what we did. And at at one point, we had almost half of our goals scored by set pieces. But today we had 13 corners to their three. And none of them led to anything. Yeah, that was that was disappointing. Uh, it didn't seem like they were, you know, maybe it's a defense thing, right? That they were they were just defending very well, but just none of them really seemed to come. There wasn't even like opportunities out, right? Like nothing really like took my breath away, or maybe maybe like, oh man, right? Like there just wasn't there wasn't that moment we where we almost made something happen from this set piece. It was almost like you know how we talked about them last year. Remember when we just it was. We just never really had any anticipation of having success in the set pieces. Uh, it kind of felt like that again. Yeah. And like, you know, Gregish didn't seem to be as on point as normal, but you also, you can't just depend on goals to happen from set pieces. I think we maybe had a few more come our way than we can expect going forward. And today we didn't have any. So we had to find a way to get those goals away from the set pieces and it just didn't go in our favor. Another stat uh, besides our 13 corners to their three, another stat we had significantly in our favor where the possession finished, you know, 50% to 50% literally was we had 17 shots compared to their seven problem here though was, is that only three of them were on target. We could have been more accurate, obviously. Um, that's frustrating, right? Having that many opportunities, but nothing, only three being on targets, you know, really rough. It's tough, man. And just a sign of their defense frustrating us. I I don't know. I don't know how much more we need to go into this. Today, we saw one player be the difference maker. And we can, we can talk about Dotson's pressure on him. We can talk about should the center backs have been assisting more. We can talk about all sorts of things. We can talk about Tyler Miller's timing. I, I mean, Nani is good. Right. Na- Nani is good, and we saw Nani be Nani. And I don't know how much more we need to talk about it than that. <laughs> when I saw him, when he did the, like, the, what was it, the the somersault backflip, like, I knew he was, like, he's, like, dialed it. Right? After that second goal, he just takes a nice touch from left to right and just just this beautiful curvature to the goal. Tyler had Tyler Miller had no chance. That was Nani hitting the, the top right corner. Our goalie had no shot. And I, I guess the only thing I would close off with is perhaps with Emmanuel Reynoso, perhaps coming in, right? We don't know for sure. We're not going to believe it until we see him at the nook. If he comes in, maybe we finally have that difference maker. Because occasionally we're going to need one. And in this game, you saw Orlando with one. 
Yeah, I hope I hope we can get one. You know, that's always a good feeling to have someone that you know can just change the game on their own. I mean, we've seen we've seen Amaria have moments of that. I'd like to see that again. We didn't we didn't see it against Orlando. So coming up next, the MLS is back tournament final is on Tuesday, August 11th at 7 p.m. on ESPN. It's obviously featuring Orlando City at our expense, as well as Nate's Portland Timbers, who advanced after defeating Philadelphia Union 2-1. to one. As we discussed in episode 17, the MLS regular season is back on August 21st. And actually, it's going to start as early as the 12th when Dallas and Nashville get to play each other like three times. So that'll be fun. <laughs> but then after that, it's phase one of the MLS is back cinematic universe. And for Minnesota United, on August 21st, we will return at home against Sporting Kansas City. August 29th, we're at Dallas. September 2nd, we're at Houston. September 6th, we're hosting RSL. September 9th, hosting Dallas. And September 13th, we're at Sporting Kansas City. And of course, no fans will be in the stands for all of Phase 1. I'm hopeful. I'm excited to see what happens. We've talked about this before. You know, there's a difference between the bubble and not the bubble. Baseball is kind of showing us firsthand how how badly not the bubble can go. You know, let's just hope that they put together a program to make sure that these players are responsible and take care of themselves so we don't have to worry about any shenanigans with guys getting sick and stuff. But yeah, I guess we're, we're trying to make this happen, Sam. We get to see Polito again twice. <laughs> That'll be fun. We also get, yeah. to see, uh, we get to see Christian and Darwin. So, oh, nice. The, the, nice. the Christian Darwin re- revenge game on September 2nd. So, how many goals will each of them get? Two, you think, two apiece? I, I mean, if I'm joking, I'll say they'll score two apiece, but no, I, I think, <laughs> I think, I think our defense is more stout than that. But yeah, I don't think they'll let, they'll let Darwin just turn his back to everybody and just start kicking the ball around to himself for a little bit. I think we'll, we'll, we'll snuff that out. <laughs> Well, you know he's going to he's going to be ready to play. Like, <laughs> so I I see. Guys, like, look at the schedule, Sam, and not a lot of time between these games. Yeah, especially you know, as it gets going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like you get a week off between the first and the second, but man, that's killer. This September second, sixth, ninth. So three games in in eight days. Oh boy, which is why we need that depth we were talking about, right? I don't think our current core has anything to worry about with the incoming transfers. I think they're going to get plenty of playing time with that type of schedule. Well, it's time for our award-winning segment. (laughs) The Big CF. You started started previewing the Big CF a little bit, Justin, but... I did. I looked at it. Sorry, I looked a little bit into the Big CF. Love me some Big CF. Our club day football... (laughs) <laughs> do we I know it's not in the notes but do we want to talk about how the Big Ten announced today that they're not oh, playing man. college football this fall did they, though? did they they didn't announce it there's there's all sorts of conflicting reports so since the last time you texted me like someone came out and said like no we haven't nothing has been decided <laughs> really I I've been seeing 
No, no. I, it's, I mean, it's, I, I saw I, I saw Nebraska I, saying they're going to play anyway. Right. So maybe they'll finally have a winning season. I don't know. But, but like the the officials of the Big Ten are not. They're not confirming anything, and they're very like they're like, no, this is not true. There's no truth to any of this. But you got players from Iowa saying like, well, see, we're not playing this year. You know, like same with Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, you have yeah. Dan Patrick saying it's happening. Right, Dan Patrick you know, being the scooper, you know, just, I, I don't want to talk too much about my golden gophers, but you know, we don't, we don't talk enough about how cursed Minnesota sports are, Sam. And I'm all for safeness, but I've been talking to my friends, man, the gophers are finally good. And then the pandemic takes away what would have been the best season ever. So I'm, I'm a little bitter about that. I want safety first, but it just, it's so typical Minnesota that the gophers are finally good at football and we're not going to get to be fans. Well, at least Fleck will make a ring that says undefeated in 2020 and get all his players. Well, they'll make shirts. They'll yeah. make <laughs> That's <laughs> the problem is, is that I'm not joking here. He probably will. We we talked about uh, I have a I have a group of friends that we follow go for football pretty closely. And we were trying to come up with what his slogan is for like COVID response. And I said because he always loves these kit, like these catchy, like his row, whatever, row the boat and all that stuff. Co-win 19. That's that. That's they, I bet you they have a t-shirt that's instead of COVID 19, it says co-win 19. And they're going to, they're going to beat the virus as a group. Kind of like how he proclaimed they were co-Big Ten West champions. <laughs> they made shirts for that too. You I know they did. They didn't proclaim it. The, the Big Ten told them. The Big Ten announced that they were because they technically were. It was the tiebreaker that that made them not go to the Big Ten championship game. But he didn't have they, to put it on his ring. Yes, he does. This is it's Sam. It's not about you. It's about the eighteen-year-old kids he's trying to convince to go to his school. <laughs> I just if, if you're that player, like having it say "Co Big Ten West Champions" just reminds them of just getting humiliated by Wisconsin. No, no, yeah. it doesn't. It reminds them of being a part of one of the best seasons in Gopher football history. Like this is the like, and I'm, again, this isn't a Gopher football podcast, but the last year was the best year I've ever watched as a fan. You know, like that they they wanted something to celebrate, and you know what? I'm all for claiming claiming co Big Ten West champions because that's the best they've done since I've been a fan. And you as a you as a superior quotation marks Wisconsin fan can sit on your high horse. And talk about all your Lombardi trophies and your domination of the the axe. We have to get excited about the things we have, Sam. And we're excited about our Big Ten West co-championship. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, congrats on the co-championship. <laughs> anyway, back to the big CF. MLS Commissioner Don Garber interviewed on FS1 about the MLS regular season is back. He wants teams back in markets and he wants when possible for fans to be allowed to come at least at a certain capacity. However, it was eventually ruled out that during phase one, that's not going to happen. There are not going to be fans in the stands for phase one, but that leads us to believe that during phase two, that is a more likely possibility though the world could keep falling apart by phase two. And uh, <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, who knows? We might have to go back to the bubble. Um, 
There's lots of TV for us to watch, Sam. Lots of TV. (laughs) But uh, Garber did say he did learn a lot about testing and playing things safe when in the bubble during the tournament. He brought up this too, which has been kind of funny. There's been a lot of speculation lately because I, I think people overall liked the MLS's back tournament. And a lot of people like the idea of having an MLS's back tournament in the future, which led to some great social media posts about like, yeah, we can make it this big thing where we invite USL teams as well. And (laughs) (laughs) it's just like everyone forgets about the US Open Cup. The US Open Cup was awesome. It is awesome. We have it every year. No one watches it. It's like the MLS's back tournament, but... But even bigger, it's great. I, I mean, I, I think it was just nice to see a tournament that they cared about, right? Like, that's the kind of the risk you have when you do any sort of tournament that doesn't have connection to the championship, right? Like, obviously, like, the reason they have playoffs in, you know, the MLS is to create that excitement, right? It's I, I know that you're a big Premier League fan, but I don't think it's as fun when just scoring the most points in your season wins you the championship right that's the that's the fun of you know obviously you get that in like the champions league you get that in those different the europa you get that in the fa cup you know but it's nice to just see a tournament matter right and fa cup seems we we've talked about this before it only really matters when you're deeper in and and you kind of like well we might as well try now right because a lot of these teams are not putting out first team players for fear of injury or getting in the way of actual league games, you know, which, which carry more value. I don't know how you can incentivize this tournament in the future. I think that, that tying those three games, those three group games to the table, I think that that was huge. I think that that forced every team to take it seriously, especially with, you know, the format of format of everybody, but what three people get into the playoffs this year. You might, everyone's got incentive to try. Um, but I, I would like to see the tournament happen. I think that I've really enjoyed it. Obviously, also helps that our team's done well in it. But I think that you would have to have some incentive for teams to care, some incentive for teams to put forth their best product. Uh, otherwise, they're just going to care about what matters, which is the league. Yeah, for sure. I do think part of the reason why the MLS's tournament seemed so significant and seemed so high, high stakes is we didn't know if we were going to have a regular season. Um, it wasn't until the final game against Orlando where we had a pretty good idea it was going to happen. And I mean, now we, we have a pretty good idea. They're going to at least attempt it, but we don't know. Hey, by the way, did you see that Toronto is moving into Red Bull arena (laughs) for, for this upcoming season? Is that, were you the, were you the one that thought about that? Or was that a, was that a James thing? Well, I think talked about it on this podcast but we didn't think canadian teams we didn't think that canadian teams would be willing to after living in orlando for so much of the summer that they would just pick another u.s city to live in for the foreseeable future so toronto's packing up and heading to new york or new jersey or wherever that is i mean i think that shows more than anything sam that i don't think that i don't think canada is opening up their border to us anytime soon if Toronto is like, we got to just come up with a plan. We got to figure something out. Cause you know, I don't think they're going to, we're going to be able to move freely this year back and forth. 
Well, and, and it, it's crazy because NYCFC is also playing at Red Bull Arena because the Yankees won't let them play oh, during their wow. condensed baseball season or okay. not their condensed baseball season. But I think it's actually a Major League Baseball thing where they don't want the baseball stadiums to ha- risk any mm-hmm. any uh, contamination. So anything that is not baseball is not allowed in those stadiums. So NYCFC had to move into Red Bull Arena, and now Toronto's going to be there too. Yeah, I'm, that's gonna be interesting. I'm guess they're gonna have to like switch around. Obviously, like they don't. I don't know if they train there. I'm guessing they don't. No. They probably have some outside training facility they'll go to. I guess that's what's that's probably what's nice about our schedules. You know, is that they can, unlike baseball where they're playing every day, you know, except for a couple random Mondays. You know, there's a lot more flexibility when you play at most you know, three times a week, right? There's plenty of days for them to move around. That stadium's going to get a lot of play though. Yeah. And then what do you do if you're Montreal? What do you do if you're Vancouver? If you're, if you're Vancouver, do you try? Or do you just watch... Uh... <laughs> if you're Vancouver, do you just call the season good and you just watch Alfonso <laughs> Davies play for Bayern Munich for the rest of the year? You just you just hoist him up and be like, well, we'll just watch Alfonso, you know? <laughs> he was proud. Yeah, like I get if you're Toronto, right? Like they were the runners up last year and they want to try to make another run. Montreal has Henri, right? Like he's ready to go. But what do you do if you're Vancouver? I don't know. Maybe you just call it good playing the Canadian. You could play in the Canadian Premier League for the year. Like maybe feel good about yourself. Maybe win some games there. Maybe not. Maybe lose some games there. <laughs> we don't know. I We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean. I guess like in my head, I'm like, I think geographically, and I think I texted you this, but it sounds like, I mean, like I, I could see, you know, I guess it doesn't really matter. They could technically go anywhere, but maybe you want like logistically, you'd prefer to be able to, you know, drive your stuff, you know, via semi down to Seattle or Portland, as opposed to somewhere else. You know, I could see yeah. Vancouver playing in Seattle or Portland, Montreal. I could see, you know, go into, you know, play with the revolution, I guess I didn't even think about that. What are the revolution going to do? Because, or no, they have a new stadium. They don't play in Gillette anymore. I think they got their own stadium. I think it's recently. I think it's being built. I don't think it's done. Oh man. That's a good thing to look up. Where does new England revolution play? I think it's still Gillette. They play at Gillette stadium. Oh, I don't even, I don't even think about that. Cause I think football is happening, right? Football's not going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> I think, I think pro I, you know, if I bet money, I, if we're going to put bet, bet money on it. I think that NFL will happen for sure. Oh, I think it'll we, start. I think it's going to happen. PSA for anyone that plays fantasy football, make sure your league has a contingency plan for if it gets canceled, <laughs> what do you do with everything? Cause otherwise you, you do it now while no one has a dog in the fight. As soon as you have players and the season has started, Everyone's going to have a different idea of how, how it's fair to end the season if things end early. So looking looking that they like I looked online and uh, the Revolution are going to play as as of now the plan is only for Phase One. There's nothing else for anything past that, but they're going to play three games at Gillette. I mean, they're all going to be late August, early September. So maybe it's before it's before the Patriots you know play a game. There's no sort of conflict or whatever. And plus. Just like any other NFL team, I don't think the Patriots are playing there a lot, but obviously you want to make sure that locker rooms and stuff are clean. Well, and that was a Major League Baseball rule, so who knows if the NFL will be that same way. We'll see. Obviously, Major League Baseball 
had considered letting MLB teams, you know, bunk together, but drew the line at the MLS. Well, this was episode 20. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sticking with us for these 20 episodes. I'm looking forward to the next 20. Yeah, me too. This has been super fun, Sam. And I, you know, we were talking before we got on here. It's It's been nice to, to feel appreciated and to hear the nice words from people. You know, we were just two guys kind of trying to have some fun. And we, we talked soccer anyway. So doing it in front of a microphone just seemed like something fun to try. And, you know, it's been nice to hear that people support it and, and like what we're doing. Absolutely. We're probably not going to come up with a preview episode for SKC because we've already talked about them quite a bit this year. Um, <laughs> Polito is good. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say that. Polito is good. That's, <laughs> that's our preview. But I'm going to be cryptic about this. If you can't wait until after SKC to hear our beautiful voices, we may or may not donate our beautiful voices to another project about a week from now. I'm going to be cryptic about this, but (laughs) if you follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Podloons, we will announce another place to hear our beautiful voices around this time next week. So... Again, thank you to continue to humor our hobby by listening and pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Peace out. See you.